Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing okay, Dan. Running around like a chicken. Producer with my head Joe pedal. sounds a little funny. Yeah, it's a Producer Joe road show today. Not me. I'm in my Boo. studio. But, you know, sometimes I'm on the road and I record shows uh, from from uh, far-flung locations. Producer Joe far-flung. is on the road now uh, doing a MacGyver-like studio in a hotel room because that's how good Joe is. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> how are you today? You doing okay, uh, man, by the I'm way? I'm hanging in there, just ripping out a little bit of hair, you know? Yeah, okay. I know. I know. We got a lot going on over here. Uh, listen, last night um, I, I told you I would brief you on what was going on with Hannity um, as I had... Uh, predicted after the George H.W. Bush services were over. Mm-hmm. Sean had on uh, the reason I had told you to watch on Monday, John Solomon in a just incredibly detailed, uh, potentially devastating report to the Clintons that came out last night. It was really a twofer. Um, two things came out last night, one of them about the Clintons and one about an email chain about FISA abuse, which, ladies and gentlemen, um, is worth your time. I'm going to get to that, but there's been a lot of news this week I've missed, including something that happened on a Tucker Carlson show the other day that I want to get to first. So please don't go anywhere. It's a very important show. Um, all right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Man Crates. Man Crates. We love Man Crates. Listen, there's a guy. I got to admit, it's really hard to buy his gifts. My wife has trouble with me all the time. Matter of fact, she just bought me a birthday present, and we were both like, ah, okay. She, she loves <laughs> me to death, but it, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Even if we knew what we wanted, we probably wouldn't tell you, but it doesn't have to be so hard. This year, give the guy in your life the perfect gift with man crates. Man crates. Man. Listen, folks, it's, yes, these things are awesome. You get to pry them open with a crowbar. Literally, I'm not messing with you. I think get the act the act of opening the gift is as much fun as getting the man crate themselves. Man crates know what guys like, and they have hundreds of unique quality gifts he's guaranteed to love, like the exotic meats crate or the whiskey appreciation crate that has a personalized decanter and personalized glasses, the perfect vessels for his favorite scotch or bourbon. They have a knife making kit, the grill master crate. And uh, one of my personal faves when I got the salami bouquet. Yes. No one wants a bouquet of flowers. If you're a dude, you want the salami bouquet. Get me the salami bouquet. A salami. I ate that sucker right up. It was amazing. The Whiskey Appreciation Crate, Exotic Meats Crate, they got them all. Most gifts ship in a sealed wooden crate with a crowbar. You get to pry open yourself. You're given an experience, not just a gift. And every man crate comes with 100% satisfaction guarantee, but you won't need it because they're awesome. Listeners to this show, buy one gift, and you will get the second gift for 25% off when you go to mancrates.com slash Dan. This offer is only for the holidays. Buy one gift and get the second at 25% off at mancrates.com slash Dan. Mancrates.com slash Dan. Mancrates.com slash Dan. We love mancrates. All right. Uh, before we get to the uh, the breaking news last night, which is pretty darn explosive. Mm. Uh, so Nomiki Kans, who I, I know, it's uh, I, I've met her before. She's very nice. It's, you know, we have some significant ideological differences in that she is a uh, socialist. <laughs> I believe in freedom. Um, but outside of that, I don't, I don't say that sarcastically. It's just true. Yeah. Um, but she was on Tucker Carlson's show. She's running for public advocate up in New York and a pretty powerful position up in New York that's usually used as a springboard for something bigger. It's in New York City, by the way. I know it sounds like a public advocate. What do you mean? It's actually a very powerful political position in New York City. So she's running for this position. She was on Tucker Carlson. And they were talking about a story that has fascinated me in the recent days, Joe, and it's about Bernie Sanders. Folks, 
These people on the left are frauds. Listen to me. They are phonies. They are frauds. They are fakes. The one thing you can be proud of, the one, not the one thing, but the one big thing you can be proud of as a conservative or a libertarian or a good, solid principles Republican, right? Right. One who aligns themselves with liberty and freedom. The one thing, Joe, you know where I'm going with this, you can be proud of is you're not hypocrites. We may lose elections. The left may demean us and call us things that ends in ists and phobes and istophobic phobophobes when they lie about us. The media can attack us. You know, history can be unkind to us despite our continued fight for freedom, liberty. I mean, we were the leaders, the Republican Party of the Civil Rights Movement. That was us. You can be proud of the fact that you are not hypocrites. We believe in capitalism and economic freedom because we believe everybody should spend their money, not the government. Everybody should be able to spend their hard-earned resources on themselves. We believe taxes are necessary, but limited taxes. We believe in school choice for us and for liberals. Economic freedom for us and for liberals. Healthcare choices, personalized healthcare choices for us and for liberals. Liberals don't believe in any of this stuff. And we live the exact same way. We work hard. (laughs) Yeah. We, we pay the taxes we have to pay. We obey the law. And we do it because we are not hypocrites. Liberals do not live the way they want others to live. They are phonies. Here's the genesis of this story and the constant appearance on Tucker Carlson. Bernie Sanders, one of the biggest frauds out there. Fraud. This guy is a total hypocrite. He's purchased now three homes, Bernie Sanders. He is worth, he's got to be worth well over a million dollars right now. Yet this is a guy claiming that capitalism is the enemy and socialism and the sharing of the resources is the way to go. A new story broke with him at the Daily Caller that shows he has spent, uh, his his team has spent upwards of $300,000 in private jet travel motoring around the country. Whoa, why would you do that? Erroneous. Why would you choose that, Joe? Joe, you fly commercial. You were, matter of fact, you just flew commercial yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know what happened. Boy, uh, did I. Yeah, boy, did he ever fly. He flew too much commercial yesterday. <laughs> Joe doesn't fly private jets. And you know what? Although I'd love to. I don't either. Listen, I'd love to. I promise you, if this show reaches a... Uh, Rush Limbaugh-like levels, I'll be flying private jets. You know why? <laughs> because I'm not a phony. I don't like the inconvenience of commercial travel. But you know what? Dan Bongino and the Armacost crew cannot afford to fly private jets because I don't have $10,000 to pay for a flight between Palm Beach and New York where I travel at. I don't have the dinero. But I don't care that people fly commercial, uh, fly private. Matter of fact, the PJ, P, the PJ, the private jet, is the way to rock and roll if you've got the dough. Yeah. Knock yourself out, baby. Get on a private jet all you want. But I'm not a hypocrite. I love the idea of economic freedom and working really, really hard your entire life to earn enough money for the convenience of not having to get in the, in the cattle car and go through a, a, the, the, the TSA feel up and get on an airport and run out of overhead space. <laughs> I get it. Yet Bernie Sanders, this big fraud, big phony who works for the government. He's a government. I'm not a government employee. I'm in a private sector. Took $300,000 in private flights. Joe, in the words of the left, spewing carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. They were spewing. They were spewing. You're right. Joe was spewing, too. (laughs) Fuming. Was, Was he ever? 
Yeah, one of these days we'll give you. We'll do yeah. a one of these days. We'll do a weekend show. We'll describe all the Joe and I's one, inside. One shows. of these days and when we're in the sense. spirit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the spirit. <laughs> Sorry, this is out of hand today. <laughs> Sorry, dude. He's a total phony. He's all over the private jet. So I want to play this cut of Tucker Carlson doing a great job pinning down socialist Nomiki Kans, who was a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter, I believe, pinning her down on the hypocrisy of, of, of calling for others to live this environmentally sensitive life, uh, you know, to buy small cars, don't allow your cows to fart. Apparently that's a big deal now, methane emissions from cows and stuff, and belching from cows, right? You got, don't buy SUVs, do not dare fly private jets, but don't worry, we'll do it. Because we're, again, total hypocrites. So he pins her down. So play this cut, Tucker, uh, talking to Nomiki Kotz. And I want you to pay close attention to her answer. Because the hysterical part of this is the liberals think they got over on Tucker. What, what they really did is Nomiki Kotz exposed the grotesque hypocrisy of the left for all to see. And I'm going to call it out right after this cut. So if you're Al Gore and you say, nothing is more important than climate change. I'm a better person than you are because I care more than you. By the way, I have one of the largest houses in Nashville and I fly private and I take a suburban to the private airport, to the FBO. Mm-hmm. Why should I be okay? I mean, I'm, sincerely, why, are, why that is that okay? Not going to so- individual choices are not going to solve the disaster that we are facing. You hear it? Do you hear what she says? Do you hear her answer? Her answer is incredible. And, and uh, folks, listen to me. The only reason I'm bringing this up to you is I pay attention to accounts on. I've told you this repeatedly. I'm on some email lists and I follow select progressive groups and liberals on Twitter. I don't want to say mm. who because, again, I'm afraid they'll block my account. And I like to see what they're talking about because they think like the Borg from that Star Trek show. They think with a hive mind. And when liberals catch on to something, they all spread it amongst themselves and try to pitch it to their media type. Look, look, we got over on Tucker. We got over on Tucker. They're all talking about it. Nomiki wins a battle of the wits versus Tucker Carlson. Notice what she said. She didn't win anything. She exposed the complete, total, utter hypocrisy of the left in one answer to a question. Again, it's not personal with Nomiki. I, she was, uh, you know, I've met her. She's been nice to me. I've spoken to her in green. It's not personal. She says, this is unbelievable. When asked why liberals are such hypocrites and never live like they want others to live, whether it's John Kerry not paying his taxes on a boat he parked in Rhode Island to avoid the Massachusetts taxes, whether it's, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton with their real estate empire apparently trying to avoid paying higher taxes, Al Sharpton and his battle with the IRS, all whether it's uh, limousine liberals like Al Gore and Bernie Sanders owning multiple homes uh, and yet claiming to everybody else, oh, we need to spread the wealth around. You don't need all this stuff, but they do. Right. She gives an answer that's so telling. She says, well, individual decisions don't matter and won't make a difference. Oh, Oh, yes. No, Miki, you are right. Individual decisions don't matter. Why? Because we don't trust individuals to act outside of their own self-interest. 
That is why Republicans, libertarians, and conservatives do not empower, do not empower individuals in the government and give them power over other people's lives because we don't trust them to make decisions that are right for other people. We only trust, air quotes them, to make decisions in their own self-interest. She gave up the entire fallacy of liberalism, progressivism, and socialism in one answer, and the liberals are celebrating this. In other words, Joe... Individuals are selfish, so we can't trust them to make the right call. But let's empower individuals over our lives in government because then they'll definitely make the right call. Right. I covered this on my NRA TV show last night. I am astounded, astounded that the liberals are, I'm telling you, they are celebrating this. Do not discount what I'm saying. I follow these people. They are, no, Mickey Kant's finally got Tucker, pinned them down. You got nothing. You admitted on national television the entire hypocrisy, scheming, and the big lie of the left that individuals cannot be trusted to make good choices, but somehow liberals believe if you give the same individuals government power, that they will somehow magically be transformed into angels and will then make the right choice. That's right. Think about what she said, how stupid this was. That's right. Am I explaining this on Budsman Joe? Oh, man, this is an easy she, one, babe. Yeah. <laughs> this is a grounder. But that, that, I cannot believe they're like, they are all over. The, put in, you doubt me, go to Twitter. Spell her name right, Nomiki Konst. It's K-O-N-S-T, I think, right? Put her name in Twitter and then put Tucker. And look at the left. We got, to, they're going crazy on their Twitter feeds. She demolished you got, she Oh, demo, You got another. You demolished your entire <laughs> ideology in one answer. Individuals are greedy. They do what's right for them. So those decisions shouldn't matter. Um, Nomiki, those same individuals like Bernie Sanders, who we can't trust to make the right decision, you understand, right? You want to empower to make decisions for others? How, how do you reconcile those two things? Nomiki, you are well. Listen, I'm putting out a Nomiki cons. I mean, it is not personal. I can't say, I don't want to be a jerk. I've met her. I'm inviting you on my show. Somebody out there who knows her, tweet to her. Joe and I will interview her on a Friday night. It'll be a fair interview. I will allow you to answer, but I'll even give you the prep time. I'll give you the Cliff's notes now. I want you to reconcile that to me. How you can explain to me how Bernie Sanders' individual choices, which you acknowledge are bad, right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. Joe, the lib- liberals have told us what? Don't buy SUVs. Yeah. Don't buy gas guzzlers. No. Don't buy houses that are too big. No, no. Don't fly, uh, you know, private because you're you're going to spew carbon dioxide. Right. They have told us these choices are bad. Right. They have been clear. They fought against them. The evil rich, the, the you know, the evil, uh, uh, the, the, the the Thurston Howell bow tie wearing crowd. Yeah, you're that's... consuming too many resources. Liberals have been crystal clear and socialist, and the environmental climate change scare tacticians, right? Tacticians. Yeah. They have told us repeatedly these are bad choices. So, Nomiki, I'm giving you the questions up front. You have now acknowledged Bernie Sanders made bad choices, right? You're saying those bad choices don't matter. Why don't they matter, number one? And secondly, if individuals can only be expected to make bad choices, why the hell do you want those same individuals to be empowered over our lives? This is the biggest failure scheme of the left. Federalist 51, right? If men were angels, we wouldn't need government. But we have to limit government because men aren't angels. 
Doesn't Nomiki find it odd as well, Joe, that these same individuals she thinks will be transformed into angels, even though she says herself their individual choices don't matter because they were bad choices. Now, I'm not saying they were bad. I don't care if Bernie Sanders takes a private jet. I care about Bernie's hypocrisy. Are we clear, folks? There's a difference. I do not care that Bernie Sanders flies private. I celebrate him buying three homes. I am attacking his hypocrisy, not his ability to earn money. Do not mistake the two. It is the left that's suggesting these are bad choices, not me. I am attacking his hypocrisy only, not his choices. Hell, I want three homes. Jonah, I'm looking for a a house, another house. I'd like to give this one to my mother-in-law if I can. But I can't right now. We just don't have enough money. I am not attacking his choices. The left is. I am attacking his hypocrisy. His hypocrisy is he wants you to live a way that he can't live himself. But why, Joe? Because Bernie is interested in Bernie. Why does Bernie fly private jets when Bernie Sanders could darn well jump on a Delta JetBlue Southwestern United flight? Why? Joe, let me ask you a simple question, not a trick. Sure, Dan. If you had the choice to fly down here where you Mm -hmm. are. Right. Joe is in Florida today. If you had the choice to fly private jet or how you flew down, you flew down with a whole lot of spirit looking forward to coming down. Rah, rah, coming rah. Down. <laughs> Joe, what would you take? Not a trick. No, I'd take the private jet, baby. Well, why? Why would you do that? Because why it's would comfortable. You take That's why it's fast. Because it's comfortable. And people act in their own self-interest. Yeah. That's why everybody would choose it. But Bernie's suggesting nobody should make that choice, that everybody should pack themselves into a commercial flight because that's the way to live because it'll, it'll prevent mass carbon dioxide emissions from being spewed into the atmosphere. Carbon dioxide is not a poison, by the way. Yeah, spewed into the atmosphere, just like in the Bernie voice, right? And if spewed, we would all spewed, collectively yeah. spewed, make these choices, we could cut carbon dioxide emissions. But he doesn't live that way because he's acting in his own self-interest. Now, showing you that this, these individuals and they get in power in government make decisions that are just as awful. I'd like to Nomiki to reconcile. So that's the first question is that, is how are these individuals who are expected to make bad choices expected to make better choices when we give them massive power over other people's lives? That's question number one. Are they become angels? Are they, are they, are they, uh, are they uh, deigned with superpowers the minute they're uh, elected into office? But secondly, I'd like Nomiki to answer me this question. How it is that some of the dirtiest places on earth, their environment, happen to be socialist economies? And the more socialist they are, the greater likelihood that the air and water and the environment will be dirtier. Mm. Think about it. Oh, yeah. The biggest environmental disasters in the history of the world, Joe, What is the one thing they all have in common? Socialism. Because when everybody owns something, nobody does. When everybody owns the park in the neighborhood, nobody owns it. I always think when I lived in Severna Park in Stewart's Landing, we had this this park, and it was nice. But I got to tell you, the grass was terribly maintained. It was overtaken with clover and weeds and everything. And yet everybody's neighborhood lawn in the house was meticulously maintained. Why is that? What's the difference? It was the same neighborhood, same grass. The reason is because nobody owned the park because everybody owned it. Therefore, nobody cares. It's not theirs. 
when everybody owns, like in socialism, air quotes, owns portions of the economy and no one has specific ownership over anything. Nobody owns it. Nobody cares. That's why the environment sucks in these countries. That's why China, you can barely, you ever been to China? In Beijing, you can barely breathe the air. I've been there. It's awful. I couldn't even run outside. I like to run back then. Look at the environmental disasters, the biggest ones in human history, all in socialist countries. The Aral Sea disaster, the Pemex disaster. The Aral, the Aral Sea, the Pemex disaster where Mexico is a socialist, uh, a largely socialist economy. Chernobyl, the Yangtze's River in China. Kevin Williamson points this out in one of his books about the, what is it, the Idiot's Guide to Socialism. These were all in socialist countries. The list, by the way, goes on and on and on. Because when everybody owns something, nobody owns it. Nomiki can't explain that. How do you explain the fact that in a relatively freedom-loving capitalist country like the United States of America, the greatest emissions reductions, Joe, of carbon dioxide have happened where? Here. 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 Because being economically and environmentally efficient is turned into a business opportunity in the United States. Boom. Let me land this with one final story. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take this long. This is so important, folks, because we have the 2020 election around the corner and we have a group of hypocritical, fraudulent socialists, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren and others running. And you will be confronted with this exact same answer to your question. Well, if you guys believe so strongly in socialism and things like that, then how come you don't live that way? John Kerry with his taxes, Al Sharpton with his taxes, Bernie Sanders with the environment, Bernie Sanders with his homes and capitalism, and they are going to give you this, well, individual choices don't matter. Yeah, but the same individuals, you're trying to give power over my life. That's your answer. That is your answer. Explain that. So you're saying individuals suck and are self-interested, but let's empower them. Folks, freedom matters. Economic and environmental efficiency is turned into a business in the United States. There's money in it. And when there's money in something, people do it. People don't do stuff because of their goodwill, ladies and gentlemen. Well, sometimes. I mean, as Russ Roberts always says in Econ Talks, become a joke. You know, people desire to be lovely, too. But people, when it comes to money-making opportunities, will generally go where the business opportunities follow. There's big business in environmentalism now. I'll tell you this one final story, and then I'm out of here with this. But get ready for that answer, right? In 2020, it's coming. You're going to need that. Keep it in your back pocket. I went and, uh, when I was running in Western Maryland in Congressional District 6 for office. I'm not going to say where, but I went to a papermaking plant. And I was touring the plant, and I knew the guy. And it was a fat, really fat. You know, sometimes when you run it for office, you go on these tours, and people do them for photo ops. It was genuinely a fascinating tour. Like, I would never... I, I didn't know the details of the papermaking industry. But the guy said to me, so he, he's not an environmentalist per se at all. Matter of fact, he's a Republican. He cares about the environment. He doesn't want a dirty environment. But he was explaining to me how, and some of you in the papermaking industry could probably vouch for this, how 20, 30 years ago, there was just tremendous waste in the industry, Joe. Uh, bad pulp, bad paper. It just got thrown out or discarded or whatever. He's like, Dan, that doesn't happen now. Here's how we do it. He was showing how they recycle everything from the water to the paper that doesn't come out right where it goes back in the pulp. I mean, it was amazing, the level of efficiency. Why, Joe? Because resources got expensive. Yeah. Resources got expensive as our population grows and as companies started looking for more efficient ways to use them. 
Now, the left will say, well, what if we made them artificially expensive? No, that doesn't work that way. You don't make things artificially expensive by taxing them and sucking money out of the economy to give to the government that could have been used in the paper factory to figure out a better way to make use of the darn resources. This is the stupidity of the left. Remember Barack Obama? Well, it's a necessity to get gas prices really high. Now, if the resources are scarce, it is in a free market. If resources are scarce, they will be more expensive. And what will happen? People will find ways to be more efficient with resources. But you don't make things artificially more expensive by taxing them, sucking the money to make it more efficient, and to make the technology, to build the technology to find new resources. You don't make an economy. Folks, please tell me you're tracking this, right? In a free market economy, when oil becomes really, really expensive because it's harder and harder to find and there's less of it, Mm -hmm. what did people do? They took their money and they said, listen, We can get really rich, Joe, if we can find new ways to extract oil from rocks. And what was invented? Hydrofracking. Fracking technology. By the way, story in the show notes today. Major league economic fine. Huge oil field reserves discovered in New Mexico and Texas. 46.3 billion barrels just discovered. Yeah, baby. Oil that was unextractable 50 years ago. Because the free market with their capital figured out a way to make more oil appear when we couldn't get it before. When the government comes in and says economically stupid things like Barack Obama's, well, if we just made gas more expensive, you're sucking money out of the private economy in the form of taxes that go into building efficient factories that reuse paper pulp and find ways to suck oil out of rocks. People will die. We literally suck oil out of rocks now, Joe. This is why the free market works. Get the darn government out of the way. So I am finally, I am extending this invite to Nomiki Kant. It will be a fair interview. I will give you a significant amount of time. I will broadcast it. I will let you answer the questions. But I am even giving you the questions in advance. I want to know those answers. She just blew up the left, and they're all celebrating it. It's unbelievable. All right, now let's get to the uh, the juicy stuff, too. A lot going on. John Solomon, as I told you many times, John Solomon from the Hill, I'm convinced, knows this entire story and leaks and drips and drabs out stories individually because it, he doesn't want to overwhelm you all at once. Solomon knows the whole thing, and now it's all coming out. All right, before we get to that, hey, there's a buzzy gift on everybody's list this year. It's the greatest toothbrush ever. This is like a power washing for your mouth. I'm not even kidding. I have one. My daughter has one. We love it. Uh, It's called Quip, Q-U-I-P. It's something they'll use twice every day. It was featured on Oprah's O list, and it's perfect for everyone with a mouth. This is the perfect gift. The gift is Quip, an electric toothbrush designed to make brushing better. No, no, no. no, no, no. Listen, I'm rewriting this for Quip. I'm sorry. Not just better. Better. I'm sorry, Quip. I love you guys. But you're not even. They're underselling their own product here. It's not just better. You go with a regular manual toothbrush. Yeah, you, of course, you you know, you could sit there and brush for four or five minutes, get your mouth really clean. This stuff, you will, when you're done brushing with Quip, you don't even understand how clean your mouth should be yet because you haven't brushed with Quip yet. I'm telling you the first time you're going to be like, oh, I'm not messing with you. I bought one myself, even though they send us samples. It was that good because my daughter stole mine. Then she changed the toothbrush head. Some of you emailed me like, oh, that's gross. She changed the toothbrush head. 
When you think of the perfect gift, you probably don't think of electric toothbrush, but the Quip electric toothbrush is one of the most gifted gifts of the season. Listen, it has sensitive sonic vibrations, gentle enough on your sensitive gums, and a built-in timer with guiding pulses to remind you when to switch sides. It can't get any easier. Quip makes holiday travel clean and easy with a multi-use cover that mounts to mirrors and unmounts to slide over the bristles for on-the-go brushing. Quip doesn't require a clunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. Quip is the gift that keeps refreshing with brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. And you can even gift prepaid refills for a year to make sure they're never using old, worn-out, or ineffective bristles. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified, verified five-star reviews. I love Quip. It is fantastic. Here's what we need to do, okay? Quip looks like a big uh, ticket gift, but it has a stocking stuffer price starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Dan right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. But you don't have to tell your giftee that. You don't have to tell them. Getquip.com slash Dan. Get Q-U-I-P. Getquip.com slash Dan. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Do not miss out. All right. So much going on. Johnny Solomon makes an appearance on Hannity. Um, as I told you on Monday, I think they had to delay the report, and I'm glad they did until after the services because uh, this is such an, an amazing, incredible, profound story about what's going on that you all need to digest it. So what broke last night? Well, I'll start with the Clinton Foundation one first because this seems to really fascinate people. Um, ladies and gentlemen, there has been a flurry of activity um, in the last couple of weeks and months surrounding people in the Obama sphere and Clinton sphere. Now, I've been telling you from the beginning, and I don't mean, I, you know, sometimes it came out wrong. I never meant it in a condescending way. I, I used to use the old Queens line, take it east, that things are happening behind the scenes. They're not happening uh, at the Justice I mean, When I say things, I mean actions against the Clintons, the Obamas, um, and others. There are clearly some portions of the judicial machinery rolling against the Obama administration and the Clintons. Now, that's the upside. The downside is this. I believe high-level managers in the DOJ, given that Sessions had recused himself, were throwing uh, monkey wrenches into this stuff, were delaying it. Um, now, I find it awfully convenient that if you read two specific stories I have in the show notes today, please, please, please go to the show notes at Bongino.com. All you have to do is click on today's podcast. All the articles are linked right there. I find it awfully suspicious with a wink and a nod, Joe, that right as Sessions is leaving, they knew he was leaving a couple months ago, probably after the midterms. That had probably been planned out earlier Mm -hmm. that Sessions was going to leave. That all of a sudden, if you read this New York Post story about the Podestas tied to the Clintons, if you read this New York Post story about Greg Craig, Obama's former chief of staff, and this John Solomon story I'm about to go into in the Hill, they all say the same thing. There's a common thread. And what's the common thread? The common thread is this. There's been a flurry of activity in the, in the Justice Department in the past few weeks. Investigators have been reaching out recently. Why do you think that's happening? It's happening because of what I just told you. This stuff has clearly been going on either at the rank and file field office level in Little Rock in the FBI or at the investigative level in specific FBI field offices. And I believe the management of the, uh, of the FBI and the DOJ, although not willing to make these cases go away, we're slow walking them, hoping for a better result in the midterm than they got, maybe winning the Senate too. And now that they've got Whitaker in there, 
all of a sudden, you're starting to see all this stuff come down. Well, let's hit that Solomon one first because this is huge, folks. There is a, a whistleblower report that has just been uncovered. Uh, and John was on Sean's show last night talking about very detailed, a 6,000-page report that is surfaced by an independent firm called MDA Analytics LLC, run by, according to Solomon, run by accomplished ex-federal criminal investigators who allege this. This thing is, according to Solomon's sources, they allege that the Clinton Foundation, this isn't news to you, but the fact that they now have someone on the inside talking about this, who alleged that the Clinton Foundation engaged in illegal activities and may be liable for millions of dollars in delinquent taxes and penalties. Listen, it gets worse. None of that is new. Folks, what's new? What's new here is the fact that people apparently in the Little Rock field office of the FBI have been eager to get this case rocking and rolling. And I think there have been people at the top level of DOJ who've been trying to make it go away. It kind of explains the disconnect with what happened with the Clinton, uh, Clinton whistleblower, Clinton Foundation whistleblower, who had his home raided. I still believe that's an effort on the uh, DOJ's part. Remember, they are not speaking with one like mind here, folks, the Department of Justice. It appears there's a disconnect between the Rosenstein crew and faction of the DOJ and the working humps in the DOJ and the FBI. I believe it's an effort by upper level people in the Bureau and uh, the DOJ to get a hold of what this Clinton whistleblower foundation guy uh, has. That's a separate story I covered on Monday. This story about this new company that came forward with this report is absolutely damning. Now, the report goes on. It says, in addition to the IRS, the firm, when they talk about the firm, they're talking about the firm that's investigating the Clinton Foundation. Mm -hmm. The firm's partners, Joe, listen to this, have had contact with prosecutors in the Maine Justice Department in Washington and FBI agents in Little Rock, Arkansas. And last week, listen, listen, listen. All of a sudden now, they've had contact with Maine DOJ now that Whitaker takes over, now that Sessions is out, right? In other words, Rosenstein can't block anything anymore. And last week, a federal prosecutor suddenly asked for documents from their private investigation. Why would they do that? Folks, things are heating up with the Clinton Foundation. Listen to this. The 48-page submission dated August 11, 2017, 2017, not 8. This is not new supports its claims with 95 exhibits, including internal legal reviews that the foundation conducted on itself in 2008 and 2011. These reviews flag serious concerns about legal compliance. This is where it gets really juicy. Improper commingling of personal and charity business and quid pro quo promises made to donors while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. What have I been telling you for a year now? Skolkovo, the Skolkovo project, the Russian technology Silicon Valley type project, the Russians smoked this up with, where they got all these tech companies to try to move to Russia, and the Skolkovo project was deemed by our own intelligence people to be one thing and one thing only an effort by Russian intel people to steal our, our, our technology, which they believe was later on used to develop a hypersonic missile to attack the United States. Mrs. Clinton supported this project, Skolkovo. The Russians stealing our stuff, our highest technology. 20 of the 
uh, of the 27 or, or so companies that were engaged in the Skokovo project were Clinton Foundation donors. Folks, what is this quid pro quo about? Here, this gets better. The submission, again, they're talking about MDA analytics that did this analysis, this multi, this thousand page report on the Clinton Foundation. By the way, you may say, why would a company do that? Well, apparently with the company, it's a good government company. They're committed to good government principles and they're looking for some, it says in the end, I'm just citing the Solomon piece, that what they do is they go after these fake charities that are trying to evade tax laws and then they they get some kind of a reward from the government for doing it, for saving the government tax money. Ah. So some of you may be questioning the motive. There's always a motive. Nobody just does things out of the good, you know, unlike Nomiki Konst, people are interested in themselves. This company's clearly in the money-making business as well. But they go and they, they investigate fake charities or charities that aren't doing the right thing. It's probably a more precise way to say it when it comes to our laws. The submission, this is crazy, also cites an interview its investigators conducted with Andrew Kessel that quotes the foundation's longtime CFO, their chief financial officer, <laughs> as saying he was unable to stop former President Clinton from commingling personal business and charitable activities inside the foundation and that the CFO, Joe, knows, quote, where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> Folks, listen, things are happening. I am not telling you it's all going to be tied up in a neat little bow. There's a bunch of white knights in government. Remember how we opened this show. Everybody in government is acting in their own self-interest. Republicans, Democrats, everyone. That's why we as conservatives and libertarians try to limit government because they're all acting for themselves. Yep. I'm not suggesting to you there are a bunch of angels in there. I'm suggesting to you, though, that finally the repeated oversight of the Department of Justice and the FBI by both you, the public, people like Devin Nunes and groups like Judicial Watch and others, Tom Fitton's group, which, by the way, just got a legal judgment against the Clinton Foundation. They now have, I believe, 10 days, oh, excuse me, Hillary Clinton's team to produce evidence on that email case. Judicial Watch is all over them. What I'm suggesting to you is the DOJ self-interested people, all of them, are running out of options to hide this stuff. And some entrepreneurial FBI investigators who've been doing good work, you know, to advance their careers and otherwise, are tired of having their Clinton Foundation case sidelined, are now finally starting, are you tracking me here? Are finally starting to make some headway with Maine Justice, I believe now because Sessions is out. Mm. Not that Sessions was a bad guy, just he was recused, which was an awful decision. And I'm sure they were going to indicate somehow that this was somehow tied to Russia. Folks, this is a devastating, devastating case. Now, this all ties together with what I told you. They delayed the hearing. Mark Meadows, who is a terrific Republican congressman, um, who is uh, responsible for government oversight in, in, uh, on, on his committee. Uh, Mark Meadows had called John Huber. Follow me here. John Huber is the United States attorney assigned but looking into Clinton malfeasance. Mm-hmm. The email case, the Clinton Foundation and others. Um, he's not a special counsel attorney. He is just a, a standard DOJ um, attorney. But he was assigned by Sessions to look into this. Now does this hearing make sense? They have uh, next Thursday... It's going to be a huge day, and Solomon pointed to this last night on Hannity where he talked about this piece. This is what I was talking about on Monday. This is a huge piece. You know, I know I get emails from some of you. You're like, I've heard a lot about bombshells. No, folks, this is significant. This is a significant maneuver because it, it only has two possible endings now. 
The two possible endings are this, Joe. Meadows and everyone else now knows the evidence, the evidence at a minimum is out there. I'm not, I'm not proving, listen, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Yep. We're not going to do what the police state tyrants on the left do. I'm simply suggesting to you that there is likely a significant amount of evidence of heavy-duty exchanges of favors between the Clinton Foundation and foreign governments while Hillary Clinton was the most powerful diplomat in the country as the Secretary of State. This is, this is an enormous, enormous problem. That has potential serious, potential serious criminal liability. This is big. Now, what Meadows, this only has two endings, though. Ending number one is people in the Clinton Foundation go down for IR, uh, either IRS crimes or fraud. Or ev- could be worse, depending on how extensive that quid pro quo was. Where are those emails? Or we will at least get an answer about how broken our constitutional republic Mm. is. I'm serious, folks. Fork one, people, if they're guilty, if they're guilty, go down and justice is served. Or evidence presents itself at this Meadows hearing and we find out that our government is doing nothing and dilly-dallying and now we finally get an answer of just how broken the system is. And that's no excuse to give up. We got to fix it. It's our country. It's worth fighting for. But it is an excuse to be really, really super pissed off. This Meadows hearing is going to be key because he's, according to what I'm hearing, uh, and Solomon brought this up last night on Hannity. I'm telling you, Solomon knows it all. Mark Meadows is going to ask Huber, who is investigating this on, on behalf of the Department of Justice, a very critical question, Joe, that is not going to be a yes or no. Because sometimes they can bail their way out of that. He's going to ask a critical question from what we're getting. He's going to ask how many resources and how much money has been spent on this investigation. Brilliant. Brilliant question. Think about the yes or no question, how you can bail out of it. Hey, uh, Mr. Huber, are you guys uh, investigating the Clintons? Yes, we are. What does that mean? He could have made one phone call to Hillary. Hillary, did you do anything right? Nope. Okay, thanks. He wouldn't be lying, right? All right. You folks, please tell me you know where see where I'm going. Right. With this. Meadows and those guys are smarter than this. Meadows, Jordan, and the other guys looking into this, they're not stupid. Oh, Mr. Huber, what do, what do you think about the investigation? Oh, it's going great. Oh, okay, thanks. Have a nice day. <laughs> nope. No thanks. They're going to ask how many assets and how much money has been spent. Now, we know how extensive the Mueller witch hunt is. Why, Joe? Because they have uh, multiple attorneys assigned to their case, and they've spent millions, if not tens of millions of dollars, investigating this witch hunt into Donald Trump. We know it. You can put a hard number on the gravity of the investigation. Nobody knows what we've spent on investigating the Clinton Foundation and the potential malfeasance or misfeasance there. But we will. We will soon. Now does this explain, as I said to you earlier in the week, the flurry of activity? Two things happen. Two things happen. Sessions is out. Whitaker is in. And Meadows and Jordan have been brilliant tacticians in putting Huber on the spot and saying, no, no, don't just tell us there's an investigation going on. We want to know the degree of it by putting a price tag on it because the price tag will indicate just how seriously you took this. Bingo. Bingo. Nice. Nice. Brilliant. Now there's another flurry of activity. 
just to wrap that one up, the Clinton Foundation looks to be in very, very serious trouble. But this other flurry of activity involves the Podestas. Tony Podesta, who had been working with some people on some overseas lobbying deals, some of them were intermingled with business by Paul Manafort. There is a story in the New York Post that is in the show. Please read it. Please read the Solomon piece today. They are so good. There's a story in the New York Post about a referral outside of the Mueller probe to look into potential FARA violations, Foreign Agent Registration Act, by people in the Clinton sphere and the Obama sphere. Now, Mueller is not a good guy. I can't say this enough. Mueller is here for one reason and one reason only. Keep the attention on Donald Trump no matter what. But having some experience working federal cases, you can't simply erase stuff and make stuff go away. It's not that easy. Once evidence is accumulated in statements or otherwise, you can't delete it and make it go away without taking on very serious liability yourself. So there was always going to be a risk in the Mueller probe, Joe, given what they know, of entangling people in the Democrat space. Mm-hmm. You, you tracking? It's not no, due sure. to Mueller being a good guy or a white hat, and he's, he's trying to weed out the Clinton influence in the government. Right. It's not due to any of that. It's a simple, strategic matter of an order for Mueller to keep the attention on Trump team. Some people in the Obama space, as I said to you, Joe, a long time ago, had to be horse traded out. They had to. There's too much mm-hmm. intermingling here in the two cases. I believe one of them may be Tony Podesta. I'm basing this on a New York Post report that one of these cases that was referred outside of the Mueller probe was... Now, Farah, let me be clear on what Farah is. If you're a lobbyist for a foreign government pursuant to certain restrictions, you have to register. It's a way the United States... It's not illegal to lobby the U.S. government if you're a foreign government. It's not illegal at all. You just have to register. So the public gets to know what the Saudis, the Russians, the Chinese, you know, whatever, the South Africans... They, we want to know who's trying to influence our public officials. So there's a thing called FARA, this Registration Act. It is what Mueller is nailing Manafort on now. There was no way to do that given the commingling of Manafort's business with people in the Obama space. Greg Craig, Obama's former White House counsel, and the Podesta brothers associated with the Clinton team. There is no way that FARA could have been used to nail Manafort without simultaneously referring out. I'm not telling you there's going to be a neat bow on this. I'm just telling you, if you read the report in the post, it's clear that there's been a flurry of activity in recent weeks. Why? Because Whitaker's in charge. Because Meadows and them are starting to ask questions. All of a sudden, these cases that got sidelined in an effort to universally keep the heat on Donald Trump, the Clinton Foundation, Podesta, Skadden Arps, and Greg Craig, all of these cases now are a flurry of new activity. Folks, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable what's going on. um, One more thing. I just want to read one more. I, I, I neglected this on the Clinton Foundation piece. So they were talking about interviews that uh, the government's conducted with the Clinton Foundation. It says the report even raised the possibility that donors were expecting favors at state or from the former president's government connections in return for money. Oh, my gosh. Quote, some interviews reported conflicts of those raised funds or donors 
some of whom may have been an expectation of quid pro quo benefits in return for gifts. Now, I just want to, I'm sorry, I forgot that I had a third uh, quarter. <laughs> My wife is texting me too. That's not good. But this Greg Craig thing is interesting. Let me get back to that. I didn't mean to be dis- disjointed on it, but I forgot that third quote. The quid pro quo thing is unbelievable. This flurry of activity running. Podesta, John Podesta, had a, uh, excuse me, Tony Podesta and the Podesta Group had a relationship with Manafort. They were actively involved in some lobbying activity for foreign governments. Podesta is, and his brother, John Podesta, is intimately tied to the Clinton space. That part, that's simple to explain. If you're going to nail Manafort for lobbying for foreign governments and not registering, and he had business ties to Podesta, you had to investigate the Podesta group too. That's what the Post report is saying. It's simple. Easy to understand, right, Joe? I think Whitaker and DOJ are heavily looking into that now. The other interesting component of this is Greg Craig. Greg Craig was Obama's former White House counsel. This has been a position, Obama's White House counsel, his lawyer, the lawyer who had provides direct legal advice to the executive office of the president, the former Barack Obama, when he was in office. Think about the people who've been in that position and how they're intimately involved in this case. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets juicy. Greg Craig was the initial Obama White House counsel. He leaves the job. He goes to work with Skadden Arps. Skadden Arps has had people investigated by this Mueller probe. One of them associated with him, a guy named Vanderschwan, Mueller prosecuted. This is for the same thing they got Manafort on. So Obama's former White House counsel is intimately involved in this entire case of lobbying for prominent uh, Victor uh, Yanukovych, specifically, lobbying on behalf of the former uh, Ukrainian administration in the United States government and not registering. Greg Craig was intimately involved in some of this. He was Obama's former White House counsel. Who replaces Greg Craig? Bob Bauer. Where does Bob Bauer go after he leaves? Think about all the people who were giving Obama's advice, Obama's, who were involved in this thing. Bob Bauer, Joe, goes to work at Perkins Coie, the same law firm that hires Fusion GPS to fabricate the dossier on Donald Trump. And then who takes Bob Bauer's place? Catherine Rumler, Obama's fixer. The same woman representing... A, an informant in the Mueller case, George Nader. Obama's people are knee deep in this. I think Greg Craig is going to be thrown over, uh, thrown overboard. There's going, I, I, I've, this story has never changed. I've been consistent from the start on this, that there was going to have to be some horse trade of names. Somebody in the Obama-Clinton orbit would have to go down because they can't make the evidence disappear. They can't. And the evidence that the Obama administration officials are knee-deep in this is, is legion. It's everywhere. All right. Let me... I got so much more. This it, <laughs> stuff just fascinates me. It's incredible. The two, two major... I didn't even get to the FISA stuff yet. All right, finally, today's show brought to you by our buddies of Filter By. Around the country, millions of Americans are turning up the furnace for the first time and then spending a week freezing at night. Why? Because you neglected to change out your air filters and the system's failing. This costly mistake is completely avoidable by regularly 
replacing air filters at filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 different sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. And for those of you who like to kick the can down the road, FilterBuy will give you 5% off your order when you subscribe for auto replacement, and you'll never forget to change your filters ever again. This is so much easier than going to go in the hardware store, have the special order filters. Plus, they work great and they're made in America. I love FilterBuy. These filters are great. They're the best prices out there, and this company loves advertising on the show, and they love talking to you. You need air filters? This is your company. FilterBuy will save you time, money, and help you breathe better. That's FilterBuy, B-U-Y, FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. Tell them Dan sent you. All right, I'm going to announce a contest in a minute, by the way. Before I get to that, I just want to tie this up. So again, in the beginning, we talk about Namiki Const, how you will get confronted with the answer to this liberal hypocrisy question. And your answer is very simple. Okay, so individuals are flawed. Why are you empowering them? Second, there is a flurry of new activity I think is very good news on the Clinton Foundation, on the Podesta Group tied to the Clinton space, on Greg Craig, Obama's former White House lawyer. And I think there is going to be some significant action. Read Solomon's report. There's going to be, we're only, it's only going to go two, one of two ways. Either people are going down or we will know conclusively that there was evidence of potential criminality and that nothing happened and we are way more broken as a republic than we thought. Finally, it's one story uh, that, that Solomon broke this week as well. There is supposedly, according to Solomon's sources, an email chain out there, an FBI email chain that is absolutely devastating. Apparently, this FBI email chain indicates a couple of things, folks. It indicates that the FBI, before they walked that evidence into the FISA court and swore that it was true, had serious concerns, serious concerns about the viability of that evidence. You may say, oh, well, what's the breaking news there? Of course we knew the FBI uh, knew that, you know, had suspicions the dossier was fake. Folks, that's not new. You know what's new? It may be in an email and written down. That's a big piece of information. That was another tidbit I think Sean wanted to, to blow up on Monday's show. But again, due to the events with George H.W. Bush, they had to delay it. That's a huge story. To have it in writing that, yeah, basically we swore to this fake document, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. Solomon doesn't have the email chain in the piece. I have it in the show notes today and in yesterday's show notes. But he's a guy, his sources have never steered us wrong. According to his sources, Joe, this email chain exists which would be devastating, devastating. Secondly, Solomon has indicated that there are sources in the FBI who knew full well Christopher Steele was talking to the media while they were still using him. Why is this a big deal? Because up until now, Joe, we've been told that Mm -hmm. Christopher Steele was used by the FBI and was fired immediately after they found out he was talking to the media. That's right. That he was, quote, not suitable for use anymore, Steele. That's not according to Solomon what these emails say. That Christopher Steele was talking to the media, the FBI knew it, and they kept using him until they reached critical mass. Now, why does that matter? Because, folks, the FBI, in their warrant to the court to get a warrant to spy on the Trump team, used media reports to buttress... Their facts set. The same media reports given to the media by who? Christopher Steele. In other words, Christopher Steele told the FBI 2 plus 2 equals 6. Told a reporter 2 plus 2 equals 6. The FBI went into court and said 2 plus 2 equals 6 because we heard it from Christopher Steele and we heard it from Yahoo News. 
Yahoo News heard two plus two equals six from Christopher Steele. It's the same information. That's not verification. That's circular investigating. Folks, you digging? The FBI cited a media report acting as if it was an independent piece of investigative confirmation. It was the same piece of information from Christopher Steele. Now do you see why the fact that in this email chain, Solomon claims is out there? That if they're talking about using him while he's talking to the media, the FBI clearly seems to know that the information they had was false and that the media reports could have been coming from their source? That's not confirmation. That's confirmation bias. This is another, another huge story. These both broke this week because now we potentially have in email documented government fraud. This is huge. And secondly, in email and a full of thousands of pages of investigation on potential serious quid pro quo or the selling of the United States government potentially by Clinton people to foreign actors. Gonna be a big week. All right, folks. So, um, my wife thought thought of a, a contest. Uh, we wanted to do one before the holidays to reward our listeners. Uh, we want to give you all a copy of a signed copy, personalized. Uh, we're gonna pick, uh, let's say, three to five winners. I, we're, I'm gonna decide my wife today. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, here's the contest for you if you're interested. And uh, <laughs> we've been thinking about this for a while. We love memes. You know what memes are, right? You do, you take little yeah. photos and you put messages on them. You know, memes, mm-hmm. uh, M-E-M-E. If you're not, check them out. Uh, email us your favorite Dan Bongino show meme. Put one together. Tweet us. Put it on Twitter. Put my handle in it. Uh, put my name in it, Bongino show. I'm going to look at them. We're going to pick the uh, three to five best memes out there. We're going to send you a, a personalized autographed copy of all of my books we'll send to your house. Uh, we're going to pick the winners. We just I, There's no reason. It's just the holidays. We, we love the audience. You all are great to us. You recommend the show. You share the show. You subscribe to the show. So uh, we're going to pick as many as we can. But uh, send us your memes. Uh, the email is, is uh, the contact is on the website. Uh, send them to us. Uh, we'd love to see them. Also, tweet them if you wouldn't mind. Make sure you attach my handle at Bongino in there. You can put it on Facebook, too. Uh, you know, just uh, put my uh, my show page, tag my show page in there. We'd love to see it. Or post them on my wall. I would love to see your memes. I want to see the, the most clever ones we'll reward. So uh, we'll send you, we'll send the books to your house. So well, that was the best. I, I, I love memes. That's why. So, Get ready uh, we, for the onslaught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's coming. But Here we really we think it's going to be good because I have the most creative audience out there. You guys and ladies are really funny. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. It's been another great week of shows. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show. It's free on iTunes. Click the subscribe button. Go to iHeart, click the follow button, follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, It really matters, helps us move up the charts. It's all free, but it helps us a lot moving up the charts. So we really appreciate it. It helps people find the show. All right, thank you. Talk to you all on Monday. You're all the best. Get us those memes. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.